And welcome back to another episode of the Meable Podcast, your weekly episodes for movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us on this remote version of the Media Boat Podcast. Mike has somewhere to be tomorrow. I just got a COVID booster and a vet and a flu shot in my arms. So we're doing this on a Friday night for all y'all recorded style. But uh, thanks for listening. Yep. You get an episode a day early. <laughs> you get to enjoy a little staycations. Yeah, of sorts. So yeah, of today sorts. is September the 23rd, 2022. So thank you for joining us. You have our episode number? 350. Three, is it really 350? Yes, according to uh, podcasting. Wow. Podbean. It, it is officially 350. So you know what this means? Next year. Yep. Another 50 episodes. Yep, yep. We'll get to 400 next year. How exciting. But that's, oh, you're ahead of us. Uh, right now, wow. let's focus on. I just put that in my head. That's going to be about Labor Day, wouldn't it? Yeah. A Labor Day 400 Spectacular? It's pretty good. I think so. Good. Maybe we'll have some guests and do a whole thing for it. Make it, make it a thing. Make it a thing. All right, speaking of things, we got a lot of things to talk about. So why don't you give us uh, a head start on the music section? Yep, and we start uh, this podcast with the music section, and we always start the music section with the Billboard Hot 100. And as it was the Billboard Hot 100 in the summer, as it was Harry Styles, as it was once again your number one song i think we'll continue yeah we'll probably continue seeing him up here for the duration uh because he's currently on tour and also his movie just came out harry styles is not going anywhere anytime soon yeah um speaking of his tour he's now got a banner in madison square garden the new madison square garden the one that got rebuilt (laughs) yes so yay He's everywhere. Uh, whether you're I don't know how I feel about that. It was just like the same thing with like the Taylor Swift banner in the Crypto Center. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, that you've got bag personal team baggage for that one. We'll talk more about Taylor later on the podcast. Yes, we will. Uh, but coming in at number two on your Hot 100, Bad Habits by Steve Lacey. Um, at three, Super Freaky Girl by Nicki Minaj. Coming in at four, Sunroof by Nicki Yore and Daisy. And rounding out your top five, I Like You, a happier song by Post Malone featuring Doja Cat. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm shocked that it took this long for this to be a top five single. This is off the record, uh, which we talked about here in the podcast. I thought it was the most singly of the songs here, especially with Doja Cat being on it. So to finally see it show up, I was like, all right, about time, Post Malone. But yeah, here he is. Yeah, uh, finally breaking into the top five. As for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, staying at number one, Un Verano Senti by Bad Bunny is your number one album yet again. Coming in at two, Demons Protected by Angels by Nab. At three, Patient Number Nine by Ozzy Osbourne. I yeah. think this is debuting at number nine. I believe so. And number nine. At number three. <laughs> they do at number three, patient, patient number, number nine. Three. Number nine. And then at number four, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. <laughs> and rounding out your top five, Different Man by Kane Brown. Two yeah. country albums up in the top five. Yeah, well, 
for Kane Brown, country-esque. Country-esque. Country-inspired. Yeah. Cool. Those are yeah. your... Uh, yep, those are your albums. top five albums. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. Maybe. Including, oh, that's the name from the past, Fosora by Bjork. Yes, yes Bjork. That Bjork. <laughs> uh, soul sold separately. Or all dollar signs. Or dollar sign old, dollar sign old, dollar sign effortly. By Freddie Gibbs. Um, Louie, all caps, by Kenny Beats. Free LSD by Off, I don't think all you caps, get that and with, an exclamation point. I don't think that comes with the purchase of the album, though. No, um, but it may get you to buy the album in a store, you know, like steal this album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have Doggerel by Pixies. Crazy Times by Sammy Hagar and The Circle. Yes, that's Sammy Hagar. Hagar. Nymph by Shy Girl. The End, So Far by <laughs> Slipknot. <laughs> that's such a good name. Like, that's such a good name. I'm sad, I'm sad that it's wasted on a Slipknot record. That's such a good name. The End, So Far. <laughs> <laughs> the Love That's Ours by The Big Pink. The Will to Live by Titus Andronicus. And lastly, Cool It Down by Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, those yeah yeah, 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 Yes. Their first new music in a long time. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that goes <laughs> You couldn't commit yeah, to the rule of threes there. You're just like, nope, yep. All right, and let's go right into our music news. Then we bits. start with music bits. bits. The bits, the bits, the bits. And we start with a little bit of a um, callback. Yeah. The previous story that we talked about, uh, the American Music Fairness Act. Well, the Senate is officially going to hear about it now. Yes. Uh, so the American Music Fairness Act, if you don't recall, aims to ensure artists and music creators receive fair compensation for their use of songs on AM and FM radio. So this is specifically to get, um, what's the word? Um, royalties. royalties. Royalties for radio play, which, yes, you're probably thinking if you're under the age of 40, you're probably thinking, like, wait a minute, I just assumed that they were getting royalties for radio play. Well, no. Apparently for the decades and decades upon uh, uh, decades upon uh, decades of radio uh, play, artists have never seen direct money for that. It's just a marketing tool uh, to get their music more widespread. This will change that. This, if passed, uh, will turn it into the same money-making um, format as streaming is and record sales. So, for example, streaming, you know, like you get a certain amount of percentage of ascent every time a stream happens, some similar uh, structure will be designed for radio. Uh, some, it will be structured into law. Hopefully. Yeah. And hopefully also um, it's more uh, generous to the artist than the streaming structure is. Um, hopefully that language is in this bill and hopefully they'll get a good deal out of this. 
Well, that's the hope. We'll see if it passes. We'll see. Uh, next up in the bits, Shakira, uh, which we talked about with her tax fraud allegations, yes. is calling it a fictional and says, this is probably the darkest hour of my life. This is Shakira yeah. finally responding to these allegations publicly. So, okay. So, yes, we reported previously um, that she is under um, investigation. investigation in Spain for tax uh, fraud. Um, so I read the article. This quote comes from a whole bunch of um, stuff she had to say about these accusations. Basically, yes, saying that they're fictional, saying that they're, that's not true, that she doesn't owe Spain anything. And that, um, yeah, this has led to her and her family having to deal with a lot of unnecessary press, a lot of unnecessary paparazzi all around this accusation. So that's why she has that quote there. Um, though she does go on to clarify that uh, statement and say that she understands that there are probably people out there that are, you know, in worse situations in their lives. And she doesn't want to compare uh, her situation to that of somebody maybe in a worse spot. That being said, um, yeah, it's a bad place to be in if she is correct here and she doesn't actually owe the Spanish government. It sucks to be kind of under this much scrutiny. That being said, if she did, you know, it's hard because it's hard for us to know uh, what's actually going on with Shakira's finances. But but yeah, this is a, just a little update on that story to get her side of the story um, before it eventually goes into litigation, as I'm sure it will. Yeah, um, this sounds more like an accountant issue, but <laughs> we'll find out in court. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, moving into the countryside of things. Yes. Maren Morris has said that she will officially not be attending the CMAs following the ongoing online feud between Jason and Brittany Aldean. Well, her and uh, the Aldeans and also... Uh, who we'll talk about in just a moment, Kelsey Ballerini, everybody who kind of joined in the fracas. Um, yeah, this is probably smart of Marin. She doesn't need to go to the CMAs. Um, even though I personally think her record should have a shot, I don't think it does um, at that kind of award show. And yeah, the Aldeans will be there because of course they will. Um, so you know what? She doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go. And uh, it's probably wise of her not to be involved in a in-person um um, confrontation with anyone who is on the side of uh, Brittany Aldine. It's just, it adds unnecessary drama to a show that I'm sure um, the people putting it on don't want that kind of attention drawn to it. I mean, typically these things, they want to keep it as politically untouched as possible. Um, at a country show? What do you I mean, mean? Yeah, I know. It's, like, it's almost like they don't want to piss off 90% of their audience uh, or something. I don't know, maybe. Uh, and so, yeah, I, it, so she knows this is the smartest choice for her and for the production of the show and for everybody involved. Don't drag this drama into a venue when you don't need to. And right. so this don't is. Don't put Marin Morris in the middle of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, good call on her part, I think, um, to avoid country's biggest night <laughs> oh, what is truly is country's biggest night at this point They're, they all claim that it's country's biggest night the cmas claims it's country's biggest night even during cma fest it's country's <laughs> biggest night so wait is that is the co concert country's biggest night or the award show country's biggest night they can't both be country's biggest night they're two different nights unless it all happens in the same night then yes 
Well, they haven't done that, so. No, they don't also, do that. No, what no, does that make the CMT awards? Out. What does that make the ACMs? Is that country's biggest? Um, <laughs> I think it's America's vote. What about the first night of uh, of Stagecoach? Is that country's biggest night? <laughs> no, that's the closing night. We all know that. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways. Anyways, country beef continues to follow country music. Delicious. I love country beef. Yes, it does. Farm to um, farm to table. Mm. Horse to table? Farm to table. Horse, horse to table. I'm not eating a horse. Of course. Of course not. Of course not a horse. All right. Uh, moving on in the bits. Sony. Yes, that's Sony. Uh, typically of movies, TV, and video game fame has pledged 71% of its social justice fund announced back in 2020 to over 400 community organizations worldwide. Yes. So way, way, way back in June of uh, 2020, we did report on this. Uh, Sony made this uh, claim that they're going to put this social justice fund into works, and it would be $100 million towards social justice uh, uh projects, I guess you could say, in the music industry. And yeah, they say that they've spent 71% of that money so far. Uh, 400 different organizations have been paid. And yeah, that means that they have a little bit more even of that 100 million still to let, uh, to still to get out. So uh, cool. I mean, do I wish they were a little more specific with where the money went to? Of course, but you know what? It's something. And maybe this is going good uh, to people who need it, communities that need it. And if that's the case, then Sony did what they promised, which is pretty cool. Yep. Still just under $400,000 to give away there, but... <laughs> yeah, but hey, not, not, not chump change. No, not chump change at all. It's what, so 71% of a million is 700000 That's a lot of money. That's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of funding. And lastly, to Wait, round out... $100 million. Oh, $100 million? <laughs> So that's seven, that's, yeah. That's a lot more than what you said. Yeah, that's 71 million, man. Yeah, <laughs> big difference. Yes. Like I said, not chump change. That, not chump change at all. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, uh, because we always follow the rumor mill that is the Taylor Swift rumor mill. Well, half of this is not a rumor. Half The, the rumor we'll get to, I think, we'll punt that to the sports section later. Okay, we'll punt that to sports section. But first, <laughs> Taylor Swift officially has announced, has started to announce tracks for yes. her upcoming album, Midnight, via Midnight. TikTok bingo style ball shuffler. Yeah, Wait, so, so the album's Midnight or Midnights? Midnights, plural. Okay, plural. Um, so yeah, Midnights, Midnights, which comes out in proper in October uh, on the 21st. Um, Taylor Swift had previously said they're going to be 13 tracks. Uh, she released uh, album art with the track names not specified. So, of course, that gives her an opportunity to, over a period of time, reveal the names of those tracks. And that's exactly what she's doing on our TikTok channel. So if you go so far, she has two of those videos. She's calling Midnight's Mayhem with me. Uh, a lot of alliteration there. Mm -hmm. uh, and every episode of it goes up at midnight and um, on whatever day it premieres. And it's just, yeah, it's her by herself um, or sometimes with her cat cranking one of those bingo thing full of balls. And whenever track number comes out, she names the track name. 
So, so far we've gotten two track names. We've gotten the final track, number 13, which will be called Masterminds. Or Mastermind, singular? I think singular. Mastermind. Singular. And then track eight, Vigilante Shit. Yes, that is the name of the song. That sounds to me like a tra uh, uh, a sequel track to um, Evermore's Nobody, No Crime. But I'm not any Taylor Swift expert. Right? No, it sounds like a sequel track to Bad Blood. Maybe, maybe also true. You get the squad back together. It is still unclear what this thing is going to sound like. You have a lot of people uh, uh, trying to spread the rumor that it is her rock record. We'll see. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about additional um, rumors pertaining to Taylor's, was it, uh, Taylor Swift's future in the next few months uh, in the sports section. Yes, we'll get to there. Yes. When we get there, get there, I guess we don't want to do it here. No. Keep you on the hang, on the hang there. Uh, so any other news that came out? That's, I think, what I found for music this week. Um, just a heads up, <laughs> for those of you in the Los Angeles area or planning to travel to the Los Angeles area, this upcoming Tuesday is the L.A. version of the Taylor Hawkins concert. Yes, yes. It's on Tuesday. Uh, that will not be live streamed. At least I have not seen anything that says otherwise. Right. Um, so... That is part two. That is the only U.S. show for that. If you're planning on making it, please set a ticket our way. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, of course, if you're probably yelling at your podcast machine or tele uh, or computer screen uh, right now, no, I'm not talking about Adam Levine. Move on. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've seen so many memes of that that I've never seen the actual source. Yeah, you don't need to. I, I get it, but also got it. I don't want to. You just have to see look at anymore. Adam Levine wants to think, oh yeah, of course he's cheating on his wife. Let's move on and <laughs> talk about something else. You listen to the aforementioned Kelsey Ballerini. Yes. Uh, and she is uh, put out a new album that is subject to change. Not that no, the, the album it. is going to change. That is just the name of the album subject yes. to change i want to note i almost listened to this record and by that i mean i only got two songs into it before some other stuff happened uh well really it was so i could go on to on the tv and watch uh the season two premiere of avid elementary um but yes yeah, so i did not listen to this in full but um i like the first couple of songs so uh what was your feelings about subject to change so you remember how we were talking about a couple of weeks back that country 90s is back Yes, very much so. Well, guess it what is. Kelsey Ballerini did? Yes. Country 90s is back. Uh, lots of uh, 90s country vibes. Lots of uh, Leanne Womack in here. Lots of Leanne Rhymes. Um, lots of high riding. Um, for some reason, I've got Christina Aguilera vibes as well. Like 90s, Genie in a Bottle, and um, sure. a reflection in this as well. Yeah. At times, um, a lot of it, it feels very similar to her old songs. Like, I thought she was going to break into them at any point now. But <laughs> she, she has didn't. a style. She has a style. But it's not even just the style. It's just the songwriting. It's, yeah, you're right. That is the part of the style. What am I talking about? Uh, it's just that it, she's found her niche now. She's found her group coming off of her wins for her last album. So, know what she's what she's doing now and this is like her all right you wanted this it's just more of it 
I, I did really enjoy it, if you can't tell. Yeah? It was just okay. It was okay. more of the 90s stuff. Some of it was good. I mean, it, it seems like... I like the... I when it got to the end and got more like new country, not this 90s country, I really liked it, like uh, Maryland. Yeah. Like just towards the end. I think it's also um, on the um, Maryland soundtrack. Yeah. I think that's all I liked. It sounds like she's staying in her wheelhouse, is what it sounds like, not really evolving as much as maybe you'd want her to. She's not trying to play catch up with Miranda or Haley or or Casey. She is trying to basically be like, I'm going to do my own thing, or Marin. Uh, well, she's trying to do, do her own thing, which happens to be very derivative of previous artists. And it works for her, though. Um, it, it's it's uh, probably one of the reasons why she has that, the staying power she has, I think. She's um, following in Miranda Lambert footsteps, which is good, except Miranda, Miranda Lambert keeps making music herself. Well, also, well, not specifically. Honestly, I don't want to wade into whether or not how much of this she wrote or how much of this she wrote with other people. I don't want to go there because I don't know. But what I will say is, is that it seems like on the surface level, Miranda is more willing to experiment. And she's more willing to like change up every record and be what every record is exactly. Maybe Kelsey Ballerini is not going to do that. Maybe that's just not what she's comfortable doing. And you know what? If it works for her, it works for her. But I get what you're saying, because I've also had a similar experience with artists where I'm just like, all right, we're on album three or four now. Can we do something a little? Can we jazz this up a little? Can we spice this up a little? Because as you said, if you're getting songs where like, oh, it sounds like they're going to go into a song from two records ago, not exactly a great sign. It just means that you maybe are too much into your creative rut. Maybe you need to branch out. Maybe this, maybe this next record maybe she needs to do something a little bit more adventurous. Right. It's the, it's the playing safe versus, like, experimenting. Right. Right. But in, in country, it's harder because country is such an institution. If you play around too much, then you get the backlash. Uh, probably more so than any other genre that I can think of off the top of my head. If you go out of that comfort zone for a lot of country fans, those fans are going to be like, what are they doing? They're try- they're messing up with their formula. Like, I just wanted them to sound like they used to kind of stuff. Right, and that's how you get Taylor Swift going, just focusing on pop songs. Yeah, that's why one of the reasons you're right why she bailed on the genre was she was like it's too limiting. She wanted to do force more with what her sound could offer. So yeah, um, maybe Kelsey Ballerina will get there, or maybe she'll just be in this wheelhouse forever. Some artists have especially in country have made a career on doing more or less the same thing i'm talking about you kenny chesney mm-hmm. it's so maybe it works you know maybe yeah. it works no, no. Right. maybe it works she, for some people maybe it doesn't work for others now will she be at a stagecoach um uh, i don't remember i don't think she will okay <laughs> you have to double check that yeah Let's go double check. No fact checking on this podcast, except actually we do. Uh, no, not since 2018. There you go. All right. Well, she's due next year. Yep, next year. <laughs> next year, Marin and her will show up. <laughs> All right. Um, I listed a couple of things, but they're very, very small today, so I'll just be brief. Um, last year, one of my favorite records of the year, Magdalena Bay's um, self-titled. Uh, just got a re-release, or no, not self-titled. I believe it's called Mercurial Mercurial World. Got a re-release today with some extra tracks. So, cool. 
Um, if that sounds good to you, I enjoyed it. Even though it's kind of superfluous, I think the original record's better. Still, some fun extra tracks. Um, and also, uh, one of my favorite uh, bands, uh, Future Teens, their new record came out today. Uh, pretty good. Uh, so that's out there if you're looking for some, um, I guess, emo-influenced, uh, like, power pop-adjacent kind of indie rock. So if that sounds like up your alley, check them out. Uh, right. You don't want to add them to the dock? <laughs> no, they're too small. I don't really. And I don't think they're going to show up on my list, so. I just we add it for numbers. Just add it numbers. for numbers. numbers. Add for the numbers list. All right, let's move on. All right, let's move into video games. And video we start games. with new releases. And what year is it? Because <laughs> World of Warcraft, colon, Wrath of the Lich King, is coming to the PC. <laughs> yes. Classic. Classic version. So this is uh, continuing uh, Blizzard's uh, current thing that they're doing with World of Warcraft, which is instead of introducing new stuff, they are reintroducing old content to the game where it is uh, current to the current game. And so, yeah, people who weren't playing WoW back in 2005 can now play the content from Wrath of the Lich King. Um, that's a neat idea. Um, that game is 20 years old. Almost. Oh, no, don't age me. Yeah, WoW, I believe, has its 20th next year or the year after. It's either 03 or 04, I believe. So, yeah, you're ready. <laughs> Classic WoW. Anyway. Classic. Anyways. Yeah. Um... Also releasing uh, this week, Ted Lasso 2023 for everything. <laughs> yes, uh, the non-video game news this week because it didn't quite make the make the cut. But yes, Ted Lasso and the team uh, he runs are in FIFA this year. So yeah, that's out and on yeah. everything this week. Uh, just like the NBA, though, important to note, the Switch and PC versions are the last year's game with new rosters. Everything else, brand new engine. Yeah. Uh, so that's FIFA 23. 20. But you can have Ted Lasso yeah. players yeah. in the game as well. Also important to note, this will be, according to EA's plans, the last proper year of the product called FIFA 20-something. Next year, the FIFA deal expires for them, and they will be introdu re reintroducing, I believe, EA Football Club. As the name of the franchise, e, it'll just be EAFC. Yeah, EAFC or EA Football Club. Yeah. All right. right. Uh, next up, we have Grounded for Xbox One, Xbox yes. Series X, and the PC. Yes. I know what you're thinking. Hold up. They already had that game, didn't they? Well, it's been in game preview for that entire period of time. This is its official 1.0 launch. Uh, so yeah, if you have Game Pass already, you may have already played some Grounded. This is now uh, available in its final form. Or its true form? Yes, its true form. <laughs> its final form is like version 4.2 update. <laughs> Maybe. It depends on how much they update it. <laughs> it yeah, hopefully it's been, updates. Hopefully it's got the Hades treatment and was uh, previewed all the hell and back, so maybe it's really good now. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Um, next up, The Legend of Heroes, colon, Trails from Zero for PS4, Switch, and PC. Yeah, another one of those legends, uh, Legend of Heroes RPGs that some people are cultishly devoted to and everybody else is like, wait, another one? Yeah. Moonscars 
for everything? Or is it Moon's Cars? <laughs> as much as I wish it was Moon's Cars, a racing game on the moon, it's not. It's probably Moon's Cars. All right. Uh, Tunic, the game that was originally for the Xbox, one year is up, so now it's on for the PS4, PS5, and Switch. Yes, although that's not true. It has not been a year. I believe that game came out in March. Um, it has not been a year. Tunic came out this calendar year. Okay. Maybe March is wrong, but it definitely came out this year. But yes, uh, PlayStation and Switch owners can now play Tunic. <laughs> Back checking again. I'm just saying, if I can get to it. Uh, we also have Deathverse, colon, Let It Die. Yes. For PS4, PS5, and PC. So do you remember Let It Die the first round, the first time that was released? No. It is a uh, free-to-play multiplayer-focused thing by the um, No More Heroes guy, Suda51. Um, this is a next-gen, well, also on PS4, I guess, uh, version of that same game, basically with new updates. So if you like Let It Die, here's more Let It Die. Okay. Uh, there's also Pathfinder, colon, Wrath of the Righteous for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. This is an RPG based on the Pathfinder series of tabletop games. And lastly, Valkyrie Elysium for PS4 and PS5. I don't know. RPG of some sort. <laughs> With Vikings. Valkyrie. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some video game news and the yes. big story. Dominated. It, it literally dominated. Yes. You couldn't yes. get away from it. All the leaks. Well, less of a leak and more of a flood. Uh, GTA 6. Grand Theft Auto 6, despite what Rockstar says, does indeed exist. And there are images out there. Yes. But not the way Rocksteady would have wanted. Rocksteady, Rockstar. Rockstar. Rocksteady, Rocksteady the are the Batman people. Yes. <laughs> or the or the Rhino from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That one's Rock. Which one's Rocksteady and which one's Bebop? Uh, Bebop is the Warthog. So the Rhino is Yeah, the Rhino is Rocksteady. Okay. But neither of them are in this story. This is about Rockstar. Yes. And not the energy drink. No, that's the other one. <laughs> or the Nickelback song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Because this is not play take place in Canada. This is actually the UK, as UK police have arrested a 17-year-old in Oxfordshire on suspicion of hacking, and it's been claimed that it's in relation to the recent Grand Theft Auto 6 hack. First posted to the GTA forums last week by user Teapotuber Hack. Huh? Teapotuber Hacker. Teapot Uber Hacker. Oh. <laughs> Teapot Uber Hacker. That makes more sense than Tuber Hacker. Yeah. The, the Tipo Tuber Hacker. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Uh, if you add the <laughs> splashes in the right places, you have to report <laughs> Uber Hacker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, uh, the footage itself. That, that might know, actually be on purpose because there is actually some people who have a theory that this guy also was the guy who hacked uber's servers this past week as well apparently these happened back to back and so people are convinced that it's the same guy <laughs> i mean could be 
The okay. footage uh, that was released includes open world gameplay, which is alleged to be from GTA 6, and they do appear to be legitimate. Yeah. It's claimed by the leaker that the videos were downloaded from Slack in an attempt to, in this statement published on its social channels, developer Rockstar said it was, quote, extremely disappointed to have details on the game shared this way and claimed that the leak would not delay the project. Quote, we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. So basically confirming what that the leaks were indeed true. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to unpack in this story. Like I said, there's the Uber angle, which is interesting, that uh, this guy was just an entrepreneurial hacker and wanted to prove that he could do these things. So he did both in, in, uh, right in a row. There's also a running theory that this was a former, although if it's this 17-year-old kid, I guess this is not true. But there was a theory in the first couple days that this was maybe an ex-Rockstar employee that had a bone to pick with management and wanted to release this to kind of punish uh, the studio. But like I said, the 17-year-old, if that's if he's the guy that disproves that theory pretty soundly. Um, then the third thing I want to mention here is that, yeah, so it kind of sparked a conversation in the video game industry about early leaked footage of video games. So there seems to be two camps, more or less. There's the camp who's like, mostly on the developer's side. And you see a lot of developers with this story uh, basically saying like, this is terrible. Uh, the developer should have a complete lockdown about when they show early footage because of how terrible people on the internet can be. Uh, we don't want to show anything like secrecy is a must because we want to make sure that the uh, community is getting the game that we want them to see that they're going to be the final product and that showing games too early just unleashes Pandora's box and is not fun for anyone. Then on the other side of that, there's the camp uh, that is saying, yeah, but why is this business so secretive? We learn about movie, like stuff about movies years ahead. We know who's making them. We know their casts. We know uh, early footage of like what sets are going to look like, what costumes are going to look like often years ahead of it. Like, why don't we have a conversation between fans and, and studios about what er games look like in early development? Because, hey, if we did know what games look like a year, three years in advance, maybe there wouldn't be this violent reaction uh, that fans get when they see early footage. And maybe they wouldn't come to conclusions about, like, why does this look like shit if they know that that's what games look like in early development? So depending on which camp you land in, uh, those two very diametrically opposed sides, um, yeah, there was a lot to learn this week. A lot of studios kind of jumped at the opportunity to show their own projects before they were completed on, on Twitter. So if you uh, look up the quote, graphics are the first thing done in development, which was by some sort of idiot fan who decided that he was gonna show his full ass and be the main character on Twitter this week. Um, studios actually took that as an opportunity to be like, actually, hey, if you wanna see what Uncharted looked like, uh, one of the Uncharted games looked like in three years before release, here you go. And, and they were then they shared early footage of Uncharted. It was actually kind of cool to see these studios get out and be like, no, it is definitely not the first thing that's done. Here's our example of why. 
Um, so yeah, I find myself kind of maybe not in the middle of the camp, more so on the in the camp over here, which is like, why don't we have an ongoing conversation? But at the same time, I understand why a developer would be like, I don't want them to see my work in progress. Like, does a writer want their like readers to see the first draft? Absolutely not. So I get that logic, right? As a creator, the one the thing you want the person who's enjoying your product to see is the final thing. I get that. So I don't at all uh, blame the developers for feeling that way about leaked footage. But nonetheless, I think overall this experience, the one good thing that came out of it is that yes, this is a conversation that's happening and hopefully studios will consider uh, what it means to show games in development. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we say it here all the time, Yeah, it's a business. These yes. are company secrets that are being leaked. While yes, as a fan of games and media, even here on this podcast, we talk about it all the time, especially with leaks, that that kind of news and leaks entices us. It gets us into, as fans, to know what's coming, what to expect, kind of either hype or temper our expectations, especially with a game like GTA 6, which has been kind of an open secret of they're working on it. Yeah. They're just not telling us. They're telling absolutely zero people that right. they are working on it. Right. But it's like, you know, GTA 5 came out three console generations ago <laughs> and it's still going on. Yeah. You can wait a little bit longer. It's going to be worth it, people. That's the other yeah. thing. It's like a lot of people were like, oh, God, like, what is this going to do to the bottom line of Rockstar? Absolutely nothing. Grand Theft Auto 6 is probably going to set a new record for the best selling video game of all time. Like, nothing is going to stop. It. Not a leak. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that, that was the that biggest. Was the one thing I saw on Twitter was that this isn't GTA 6, it's just GTA Online 2. I mean, I hope it's also GTA 6, though. Because uh, yes. the thing that that is assuming is that, yes, of course, they're going to go hard on online. They have to. That's their money making thing, that's their cash cow. But at the same time, you cannot release a product called Grand Theft Auto 6 and not have it be a like a paradigm shifting first like for, one, what you uh, do is you call experience. it Grand Theft Auto Infinite. They're not going to call it that. Why not? Other games are doing it. Other games are going the infinite route. No, I think they're locked to six. As soon as they put out a statement addressing these leaks, they think they're pretty much locked in. This is the sixth Grand Theft Auto. You can still call it GTA 6 Infinite City. <laughs> By the way, there was some content we learned from the leaks, but I'm not going to go too in-depth with it. Seems like there may be a male and a female protagonist, which would be the first for the series. It looks like it will take place in the Vice City area again, so think Miami, Florida. Miami. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, that and it looks like a Grand Theft Auto game, so um, not too many surprises there, and uh, hopefully this leads to actually a foot official footage released uh, when the game, when Rockstar is ready to show it. During the Video Game Awards. Maybe, but probably not this year. Maybe next year. Uh, I'd say it'd be this year, just to get ahead of it. No, no. You do the title. You do a logo. Maybe a logo. All right, let's move on. All right, let's move on. Um, so last year, we had a big story about people hoarding NVIDIA cards because in order to uh, upgrade it, basically resell it. Yes. Well... 
if you're still holding on to those and trying to resell it, guess what? You gotta move fast because NVIDIA has announced the latest generation of graphics cards. Yes. Headlined by the RTX 4090. Yes, yep. this is a PC story just for you PCs. <laughs> it's, it claimed that the RTX 4090, which will be released next month, currently priced at $1,600, runs Microsoft Flight Simulator at two to four times the speed of NVIDIA's RTX 3090 card, which it's designed to replace. The RTX 4080 will release in November in two SKUs, a 16 gigabit uh, GDDRX uh, R6X, which will retail at $1,200, and a 12 gigabit GDDR6X, which will cost only $900. Yeah, so, yeah, only $900. <laughs> only, you know, only $900, just two PS5s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, video, guard, video ga- uh, cards are a big deal uh, for PC gamers. Mm-hmm. If you want to have, like, absolute top-of-the-line PC, you have to get one of these new cards. They, uh, NVIDIA has gone out in front and said that these should be easier to come across this time. Uh, they've apparently planned ahead unlike last time uh, with the 30 series cards. Also of note, Ethereum mining is no longer um, a home situation. So miners, Bitcoin miners are no longer um, hoarding these cards, which is why prices have kind of settled and why there's been more 30 series cards available. Um, Though they do say, though, this does not mean huge all of a sudden discounts on the 30 series cards. No. So if you're expecting a big blowout, and you can just roll up to the store and get a three hundred dollar thirty ninety. No, still not the case. They are not introducing these as immediate replacements, and will still have those leftover thirties in the ecosystem. Um, and yeah, for the end user, honestly, you're probably good if you got one of those thirty cards. Honestly, you're probably good with the twenty eighty, like what I have. Video games are not crazy enough right now. In fact, we've kind of plateaued technology-wise for the last couple of years, except for the outliers like Flight Simulator, uh, which is why it's the benchmark. Um, so I say that, honestly, from what I can tell, no big rush to go pick up these 4D series cards, unless you absolutely positively need to be on the bleeding edge. Maybe wait till the price goes down. These are expensive-ass cards. Well, uh, what's the new engine? Unreal Engine 5? 5 is what they're five. on. So I imagine that these will be the best way to get a five experience but they probably develop those on weaker cards so like that's what i'm saying is like there's absolutely no rush and no reason to go out and immediately get a founder's edition first edition nvidia 4090 so maybe hold off not so i can put it on the wall behind me as a trophy say, box. say you got it <laughs> unless you're building a pc this year then i'm like hey if you have the extra money then absolutely pony up the money but yes i have an extra sixteen hundred dollars lying around just for the graphics card so that's just like for the graphics card it's gonna be like a three thousand dollar rig when you're done like it's just insane it's insane but if you have money i don't know go, go do that but also maybe donate to charity too anyway <laughs> anyways uh we play some games yeah uh so uh i'll finish up my thoughts um from last week yeah it looks like uh, you wrapped about- up a game. Yeah, so I've wrapped up a game. Digimon Survive. 
So last week I talked about how it was less of a playing game and more of like an RPG uh, game. That's more or less what I got to by the end. Yeah. Except I need to apologize to this game because <laughs> the story was actually really good by the time I got to the end. Hey, all right. <laughs> uh, I mean, by the time the story actually got going from where we were last week when I talked about it to now, to me finishing it, um, I kind of streamlined through it. I was like, yeah, I really ended up liking the story. The gameplay did get stale after a while, uh, especially since I was able to level everyone up and then just mow down everybody that was in my way. Yeah. So even though the gameplay or the battles got easier, the actual like story is what kept me going to the end because it's a true RPG style. You got to make friends and connections with the other characters in the game. You got to raise your affinity level. And I tried to, uh, but I did end up blowing everyone up at the end. Even though I won the game, I technically saved the world, but I doomed all of us because I did not have my affinity raised enough around. Yikes. So, kind of a little heartbroken on that. Like, I didn't expect to be like, oh, so sad that I got to the end and like, I won the battle, but I lost the war kind of <laughs> feeling. But yeah, that's part of like good story writing. And I apologize to you once arrive. Your story is actually really <laughs> pretty decent, um, all, all things considered. Well, there you go. Once you pay I attention. Wait, yeah, my end of the year list, though. But Yeah, well. But it's a better story than I was expecting out of the game. That's good. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so I put that one in the mail. So I'm probably getting Splatoon 3, which I'll talk about next week. Ooh, all right. Well, it's either Splatoon or it's um, Tiny Tina. So I'll see which one gets coin flipped in the mail. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, cool. Then, and then you uh, played a game. I played a game. Uh, not a whole lot of it. Uh, I It was more, well, I'll get into it. But um, it was not as much of an in-depth experience as I maybe thought it was going to getting into it. Um, retrospect, I should have known. I played some Metal Hellsinger. So this is, and I mentioned it briefly on the show last week, this is a first-person shooter, think Doom, um, with a twist. It is also... Set to the heavy metal vibe. Yes. It is also a rhythm game because you are doing everything like shooting, jumping, reloading to the beat of a metal song that is playing in the background. So the rhythm matters. In fact, it matters so much that you can't really do much with this game unless you do shoot these demonic creatures from hell on the rhythm of the song. Um, it's a neat little thing. Uh, I like a lot of the concepts here. I like what they're doing with the game. If you know me and if you listen to this podcast, am I not a, am I a metal guy? No, no. I'm not really a metal dude. Too hardcore for me. Um, but this game does a pretty good job with incorporating that metal into the whole vibe of the game. It is an extremely metal game in every possible definition of the word. Like, you're literally in hell, you are shotgun blasting the heads off of demons, and someone is screaming at you uh, melodically uh, while this is happening, while guitar solos rip. If you like metal and if you like Doom, you should be day one. This should be an instant game to play. Um, that being said, the actual process of playing the game might be a little difficult. It's not a very easy game. 
it does prompt you with three um, difficulty options. But even on the easiest difficulty, I find my, I found myself dying a lot. Uh, well, not a lot. I died once, but uh, no, I died twice. Uh, but the game knows how hard it is, and so it does have fail safes for if you're not getting the rhythm. First of all, it has a Rock Band esque calibration setting. So if you want to calibrate it to your sound system and your screen, in case you play it, you're like, why am I missing every shot? That's why. So you can manually calibrate it. Your mileage may vary on that, though. Um, two, it's an arcade game and setup. So you have basically a high score that is running through the entire game. And it allows you to resurrect yourself three times during the mission with the downside being a score reduction. So ultimately, if you do find yourself dying a lot, the penalty is not that harsh, especially if you're not somebody who needs to be at the top of their friend's leaderboard. If you don't worry about high score, you can pretty much have a little bit of flexibility with how many times you die. However, that feature is removed in the higher difficulties. So I believe the highest difficulty, which is GOAT mode, I want to call it, I want to say, uh, go. you do not have that ability, and you have to restart the mission if you die. Wow. So, uh, But the good news here, missions aren't that long. They're about the size of like a Doom or a Quake level. So a few corridors down the way, a boss character at the end, you'll hit the end, and you'll be able to move on to the next step. Uh, each one of these levels it has its own song, and each of these songs has a guest vocalist from an existing metal band that you might like. The guy from System of the Down, System of the Down is probably the most famous guy here. Um, he's, I believe, the last song of the last level, so you have to get to him. You have to get to the star. Uh, but um, but if you're a fan of the genre, there may be a lot of bands represented that you're familiar with and some singers. I actually had a weird moment. The sister of a artist I'm familiar with uh, in the shoegaze band No Joy is apparently in a metal band, and she's in this game. And I was like, hey, recognize that last name. So I was like, that's fun. Also, no joy, even though it sounds like it would be a metal band, not a metal band. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, very musically talented family, I guess. Uh, shout out to them. Anyways, um, but yeah, if that sounds like something that sounds like up your alley, if you like those kind of shooters um, and you like that kind of music, it's a perfect combination of those worlds. This is the Venn diagram. Uh, so if you're in the right in the smack middle of that Venn diagram, then Metal Hellsinger is a ton of fun. And even though it's kind of hard, I think it has exactly what you think it does if you're any of those people I just described. It's on uh, Game Pass if you want to try that, uh, if you're already on Game Pass. So check it out. Okay. And then I just played a lot more Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> of course I did. Uh, Progress check. Where are you at in Dreamlight Valley? Who do you have? Um, I'm still. So I got past Ursula in Dreamlight Valley. Okay. Only played a little bit longer. Oh. Um, I went and got Remy because, of course, I did. Yeah. I need I need my little chef pal. You need a little chef. Yep. And right now I'm trying to get his house in. Next to the little chef place that's set up. Oh, the restaurant, yes. <laughs> the restaurant. Um, but I need to like clear out some stuff and then get some more affinity for it. So this game is turning me into a madman. I am literally going slowly crazy trying to uh build a system to make things easier for me. I'm yep. butting up against the end of the content. I have unlocked almost every region. I think I have two more to go but they're like 10,000 
and 15,000 uh, light away. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, need to grind for that light. But I've got all three of the castle available castle realms open. So I have everybody from those realms. So I have Wally, Moana, and uh, Remy. But what and about the I, next tier? I don't believe that's open yet. I and know that that castle keeps going. You see the extra tiers yeah. though, right? And the extra going wings that say, hey, we can add all these people yeah. eventually. Um, I mean, current content is what I'm talking about. Yes. So I think I've unlocked most of the people, except for maybe if there's a, a few people. I just unlocked the Sunlit Plateau realm. And I think I'm faster than the game wants me to be because there was nobody there. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Somebody's clearly supposed to live here, but they do not live here yet. Um, I believe in the fall update, that person, that lion will be added to the game. Uh, so uh, I may be like getting too far into the content than the game is ready to have me yet. Uh, that being said, yeah, it's, it's turning me into an organizational fiend. I've literally, I keep building chests just so I can have storage, uh, more storage than my house allows. Um, yep. So I have literally now like, okay, this one's for fruit. This one's for rock-based crafting items. This is for other crafting items. This is for, I'm galaxy braining right now with this game. And I'm like, why? Why am I doing this? I, un I don't understand why. I don't understand why I'm putting so many hours. I probably played more of this game than any game probably all year. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing it. It's not even that good of a game. <laughs> but it's just, it's addictive. I just can't stop playing Disney Dreamlight now. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sure there will be more Disney Dreamlight talk throughout the year. I mean, once you get the fall update, then yeah, that's where yeah. you're going to be like, oh, yes. More characters. Yeah, more characters. Is there any Hopefully character that you're clothes. like waiting for? Yeah, I'm waiting for more clothes because, yeah, like I tried expanding the, I did the first upgrade for Scrooge's store and he still doesn't add any more clothing or furniture to the catalog. I'm like, how do I get more clothes? Do I have to wait for the fall update for that? Come on, Scrooge. Come on. <laughs> Anyways. To start designing your own clothes. I want crop tops. There's not enough crop tops for my lady. Yeah, I just, you can't design I just once I saw that I could design my own clothes off a of blank canvas. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm just going to do. For go clothing, design it myself. But not everything is in there, though. Well, I, I just designed, like, the Mickey ears and the backpack. But yeah. I don't since want I'm looking at the I, back most of the time, that's all I cared about. If I want to design a dress for my girl, I don't want it to be the big gown. And that's the only ones you can design. I'm like, come on. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. That's Disney Dream Life Valley, like I said. Well, I'm sure we'll talk more about it as we go on, but... And I still haven't played uh, Tiny Can. I have it downloaded, but uh, yeah, I'll get to it probably this week. Uh, maybe tomorrow if it's all I can do is lift my arms to about this this height, and maybe I'll play some video games. <laughs> yeah. <Get> shot. <laughs> yeah. Alligator arms. T-Rex hands. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, anything else you played? That's video games. So let's move on then into the second yeah. half of the show. And in the television section, and we always start television with the sports corner. As I point back, you point to my screen, I point behind yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, first up in the sports corner, we continue our home run watch, uh, watching both Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols try to hit their respective records. Aaron Judge hit number 60 or hit number 60 this week. He is waiting to hit number 61 as of this recording. 
that will be a new record for the American League. So did you see that the game today is on uh, our Apple Plus and people are pissed about it? (laughs) Because it it could be a record. Yeah. And you have to have this stupid service to watch it. Yes. Well, tune in and see if he can do it if you have Apple Plus. Um, and then, yeah, meanwhile, Aber Pujols is at 698, trying to get to that 700 mark before the season's up. Uh, we'll see if he hits that. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's got me- two more to get there. We'll see. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, in other baseball news, the Yankees clinched. They will be in the playoffs. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any other clinches. There were a few uh, people eliminated. The uh, Angels are out, officially, as we hinted at mm-hmm. last week. Uh, didn't take them very long. <laughs> they lost it. Okay, explain this to me. They win a series against the Mariners, but they lose a series against the Rangers? Yeah, and? The team does not make any sense to me, but they haven't made any sense at all. Ever since that infamous um, intentional walk with the bases loaded, the Angels were destined not to make any sense this season, and they haven't. So there you go. Maybe next time. Anyways. We'll get there. Uh, let me check the box scores real quick. Yeah, let's see if any clinches happened uh, before going into next week. Uh, Aaron Judge has not hit the home win yet, so good job on that. Get it out of uh, Apple's hands. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let's see here. Any other clinches? I don't see you're here. Uh, doesn't look like it. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we will have uh, your baseball update next Yeah, week. just so far, Yankees and Astros have clinched. Mets, Braves, and Dodgers are all like confirmed for the postseason. Well, the next time we record, it may be October, uh, which means playoffs will be right around the corner. So stay yeah, tuned. Um, I think the final game of baseball is next Friday, right? Uh, about the proper season, uh, season? yeah, I believe. Yeah. I heard that there are 13-ish games left uh, in, in the season for each team, so more or less. So just wait. Not a whole lot more to play. All right, let's move in then to other sports here. Uh, football continues, but the biggest news in football this morning was about its halftime show, specifically the yeah. Super Bowl um, halftime Wednesday, show. October 5th is the last game. Got it. Okay. So, Anyways, uh, yes. 10 days. 10 days. So yeah, anyways, um, if you have been watching uh, sponsorships for the uh, Super Bowl halftime show, you'll know that Pepsi is usually the one uh, behind the um, behind the curtain here. So well, before it was Bridgestone. Yeah. But yes, now it's Pepsi. It's been Pepsi for the last handful of years. Well, this year, that is changing. Apple Music is the official sponsor of the halftime show this year. That has been announced, but what hasn't been announced is who will be the performer. Uh, typically, we hear that around this time of year. Uh, we start hearing kind of scuttlebutt going into October about who's going to be in the January uh, uh, Super Bowl. Not so, so far. Uh, that announcement will probably come very soon. However, the rumor mill has already started up. A lot of people are jumping to the conclusion, in my opinion, it sounds like jumping to a conclusion, that yes. because they announced the uh, lineup, or because they announced this at midnight, that this is a hint, and also because Pepsi's gone, 
those are two hints that it could be a Taylor Swift halftime show. Yes, even though it's never been confirmed, but yeah. because Taylor Swift is sponsored by Coca-Cola. She has a that, Diet Coke marketing deal that she's had for years. Yes, that she could not perform for Pepsi yeah. halftime show because it's a Pepsi-sponsored yeah. event. This is people going off the fact that apparently stuff came out a few years ago about like, oh, she's been offered it, but she had to decline because of that sponsorship because she wouldn't want to, I guess, displease Coke if she worked with Pepsi. <laughs> I don't know. I, I find Coke it hard to machine. believe. I honestly find it hard to believe. But if she was going to do it, it probably would have been in like the Reputation era, like or the 1989 era. So mm-hmm. maybe part of me believes that could have happened, but... This would be a good time to do it, considering that uh, she'll just have an album come out. She may already be in the marketing throes of whatever her new re-record is. Maybe it's 1989. Uh, maybe it's Speak Now. Cross my fingers for Speak Now. Um, so yeah, who knows uh, where she'll be at. There'll be good timing for her. And also, if this is a rock record, what better place to blow it out? Like uh, in in like the biggest stage of the work in the in the in the year in the calendar year so i would love for this to be true also if it's not true i feel like the swifties are going to absolutely go full-on assault so we'll see right but the next place that's going to take place stadium wise is in glendale arizona yeah after that it's going to be in vegas so my guess would be 2025 if she was going to do it because that's new orleans no, no, I don't think she waits. I think she strikes when the iron's hot if she's offered it. Mm. Well, who else then? If it's not Taylor, who do you think Apple Music uh, gets here? Kendrick Lamar. Wait, no, he's already... He just was there. He was just there. Nobody from last year can be here. <laughs> but he had such a small set. So that eliminates like five people. And that eliminates The weekend because he was the year before. Yep. Uh, so who's that big right now? I don't think Harry Styles. I would say Harry Styles. Post I think Malone? also he's already on tour. I don't think Post Malone's big enough. No, he, he, got, he broke his ribs. Also, yeah, he's recovering. Um, yes. I don't think Dua Lipa's there yet. No. I don't. If you want the world to care, maybe you get BTS. Mm, maybe. To play. Um, or maybe they go back to having um older kind of established act red hot chili peppers they're really big right now they're having a huge comeback maybe yeah maybe i could see uh, I but could we see will it. find out soon as yeah rumors speculate um i believe jay-z is still produ- producing this yeah maybe not um, actually that was i believe he was with oh you know you're you're right because that he was on the nfl side of the operation yeah he's on the, the nfl side, side right? not pepsi side hmm, then maybe i don't know Beyonce? She's done it before, right? Has she? I think she has. I think she did. That sounds like that happened. Uh, 2016 with Bruno Mars. Yeah, okay. She co-headlined. Or 2013. Maybe they do just just her? I could see Beyonce. That's a good point. I did not think about Beyonce. Uh, Again, not technically she was co-headlining. What if it was just her? Uh, what about Emmy Award winning Lizzo? You know, I didn't think about Lizzo. Lizzo fight work. I mean, 
What if the, if the Minnesota Vikings won't be there? But, uh, <laughs> Only if the Minnesota Vikings get there. All right. What are, your, what are your thoughts about this like pervasive theory in week two that it's going to be an Eagles-Bills Super Bowl? <laughs> I keep hearing that. I'm like, people, we're barely in the season. Bills, yes. Eagles, no. But Eagles always do this. <laughs> it's all the Eagles fans who generate this hype. Yeah, of course, right? Yes. Anyways, let's move on because we talked way too much about this story. Yes. Uh, what else is happening in sports? Let's see. Uh, the Las Vegas Aces, speaking of Las Vegas, have taken the WNBA title. So congratulations to them. Yep. Congratulations on being the WNBA champions. Cool. One year. Indeed. Uh, maybe more. We'll see. Um, uh, what else in sports do we need to talk about? Nothing else. Um, basketball and Hockey will start in October, so we'll yep. talk about that when we get to October. Yep. Um, NASCAR playoffs are happening, but if you care about that, you already know that's happening. Oh, yeah, and everybody's uh, favorite uh, hockey mascot was on TV this week. Uh, Gritty appeared Gritty. in the season two premiere of Abbott Elementary, which we'll talk about in a moment. But yes, uh, everybody loves Gritty. Uh, other than that, oh, you have nothing. You like, I have nothing to say about Grady. No, no, Grady was there. I saw that. I saw that uh, trending on Twitter. Grady was there. Yes, Grady was indeed there. <laughs> Let's move on then outside of sports. Then, if there's nothing else happening there, and talk about some television news. We start television with news with something. I swear to God, we were going to stop covering, but here it is again: the Golden Globes. They are back from their one-year exodus um, and are returning to proper television, specifically NBC, for the 2023 ceremony. The network, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and Dick Clark Productions all announced this on Tuesday. The ceremony will return to the Beverly Hilton in time for its 80th anniversary on Tuesday, January 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The telecast will also be, of course, streamed live on Peacock. The deal comes after months of talks about a resumption of the awards show at the network. Such an announcement had not been a guarantee given lingering concerns about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's actions and whether its reforms that has made a big show of saying that it's done have been enough. The HFPA said the Globe's voting body voting pool is now, quote, 52% female, 51.5% racially and ethnically diverse, with 19.5% uh, Latin, uh, Latin X, I'm not really sure how to say that. Uh, people of Latin descent, 12% uh, Asian, 10% Black, and 10% Middle Eastern, end quote. Nominations for the next Globes will be held on December 12th. The likelihood of the Globes' return was increased this summer when Eldridge Industries announced that it was taking over the Golden Globe Wars. Under that new deal, the Globes will become a for-profit private entity separate from the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's charitable and philanthropic programs, which will be managed as a nonprofit. So they claim that they've dealt with a lot of the controversy, that they've made their voting populace more diverse, that they've put the effort into separating it from the nonprofit, meaning that less people are accusing them of kind of, you know, trying to drive up properties, uh, uh, profits for their nonprofit organization. All of this stuff, they've said they've done the due diligence. Is that enough? Especially on NBC when we just had the least watched Emmys ever on the same network? Why do they think this is the time? 
I mean, it's an added award show. It's also weird that they put it on Tuesday. Yeah. They just had a big, like, ratings whiff on a Monday night. Why do they think Tuesday is going to be any different? So it's specifically on Tuesday on NBC because of all sports deals that's already in place, including uh, this uh, season finale of the NFL on that Sunday. And then Monday is the NCAA football. So they couldn't move either of those, so they had to put it on Tuesday. Otherwise, the following week is the Critics Awards, and they kind of want to be before them. Just a total disaster. Total it's disaster. literally like shoehorning your little slice of the pie in here. Like, oh, we can wedge right in here on a Tuesday. Don't mind us. <laughs> and yeah, if you thought the Emmys ratings were low for a Sunday, uh, how do you think they're going to be for a Golden Globe on a Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, right. I, this is a bad idea in all sorts of ways for NBC, for the awards, for the uh, the Foreign Press Association. It, no one benefits from this because no. these should just go away. No one this cares about the screams, This screams uh, winter dead zone, January yeah. dead zone. It just we sucks. need to fill something here. It just sucks. That's what I'll say. It just sucks. That's what I'm it could be that... both. Both of those things can't exist. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's move on to something that also kind of has sucked lately. Saturday Night Live. This is just a brief one. This is also kind of crossover. I had this as a music story. You put this in the television uh, section just as a quickie here. Uh, we have the announcement made oh, yeah, for the first three weeks of the season's hosts and musical guests. Uh, Miles Teller will make his SNL debut alongside the season debut with musical guest Kendrick Lamar on October 1st him making his third appearance on the show so yeah uh pretty good uh uh guess for your your season premiere but yeah miles eh, who cares who cares about miles teller um also making his debut is renowned irish actor brendan gleason the following week on the 8th with musical guest willow who just put out a record so that makes sense that will be followed up by a double duty host and musical guest megan the stallion which sounds like a good get I can imagine she's going to be a ton of fun uh, to get in both of those slots. Yeah. That'll be on October 15th. Yeah, Megan Thee Stallion was recently seen in She-Hulk. Yes. So, yeah, uh, this seems like good timing for her. Uh, yeah, good for Megan. Yeah. Not so we can at least confirm that in the MCU, they listen to Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exists in her music Megan. exists in the MCU. Yeah, one of the few people that are in both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, not returning this season, though, another casualty before the season premiere, Chris Red also will be leaving. This makes eight total cast members uh, departing, the largest single exodus since 1995, which was a huge changeover uh, cast-wise for the show and kind of ushered in a new era. So, yeah, this is happening all over again, and I'm really hoping that that means we get a quality jump, too. Probably, because last time we had a big exodus like this, like you said, 1995, it ushered in the Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan. Yeah, you had uh, Tina Fey and um, joined the writing staff around that time in 95. um, And Robert Carlock, of course, they would go on write for the show for a while. Um, So yeah, maybe we have something similar to that, uh, though this is talent, not necessarily writing talent. So I wonder how much of this will affect the actual quality when the same head writers, Colin Jost and Michael Che, are still there. 
So yeah, you know the bane we'll of your SNL existence. Still waiting, still waiting. But uh, yeah, it might be worth checking out. I'll probably check out the first episode at least and see if anything is better. I will right. check out the first skit because I don't <laughs> want to watch that much of Miles Teller, but we'll see yeah. if it entices. Fair enough. Uh, there was a third story here just a second ago and it disappeared. So I guess we're moving on. Oh, yeah. No, we don't need to talk about this story. It's yeah. uh, pretty dark. Seems dramatic. Let's move it on. It is very dramatic. <laughs> to something else dramatic, our thoughts about yes. what television we've watched, watched this week. Yeah. So you indicated, uh, talking about Gritty uh, yes. appearing in Abbott Elementary, uh, season two premiere. Yes. Uh, coming off uh, two big Emmy wins for the series uh, for writing and for uh, a supporting actress. So yeah, uh, Abbott Elementary, bigger than ever. And yeah, season two nailed the premiere. I think it was a great episode of the show. It makes me excited to see where they go from here. A lot of characters are, in, especially the main character, are in interesting spots. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with those opportunities as the season goes on. And yeah, I thought having Gritty uh, and a lot of sports talk, a lot of talk about like Eagles and and hockey on the around the corner was cool to see. Very of the moment. Uh, a joke about student debt relief probably was written at the very last minute. Um, it feels like it's a very a show that's very important of this moment. And I think that makes it unique, especially among network sitcoms. And I think that's why it's getting the spotlight. And I think, uh, hey, as long as it maintains the quality and it's as funny as it is, and I can I can back that up just as funny as it was per season, then hey, it's a show to watch and uh, keep your eyes on out on, on on it. So yeah, I will report back at the end of the season. Yep, um, I think all episodes are available on Hulu. Yes, uh, they might be on Disney Plus as well. I think yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know what that deal is, but yes, I know the season- first half of it is on Disney Plus. Yeah, if you want to catch up, yeah, catch up. All of it is on Hulu for season one. And yeah, season uh, two episodes will be the day after they air on ABC. Yep. So yeah, good to see here that that is continuing to be uh, still good. Still a good show. Still one of the best shows of the year. Yep. Uh, other show that had its um, resurgence yeah. is Quantum Leap. The yes. Re- it's a remake. remake. It's a reboot. I believe it's a because, reboot because I don't believe the main character is related or it t- takes place at all in the original show's universe. Mm, technically, be, it does. Oh, it does. Okay. I, I was going to say it could be wrong. Technically, it does take place in the same universe because they say that they've resurrected the Quantum Leap project, which is what okay. they're currently in. So Scott Bakula will show up at some point, right? Uh, so... They specifically said they did not want Scott Bakula for the pilot, but they did not say they would never have Scott Bakula as like show up within the series. He'll show up. He'll show up if it's not for the season one finale. Um, maybe somewhere down the line. They literally left it open and specifically ambiguous so that way he could show up at a at a future point in time. That being said, <laughs> this show is a dual sense show in that, yes, I do like, it's very much the same way that it was Quantum Leap of uh, Dr. Ben Song um, leaping into the bodies of other people and interacting within the time stream in order to correct it. And then once it's done, 
He leaps out, hoping that his next leap will be the leap home. And then roll credits. Of course, it's not going to be. No, it's never going to be. Because the whole Even concept the original of the series, show, it was never going to be. The whole concept of the show requires him to keep leaping. Yes, in an <laughs> so. infinite loop uh, to never truly leap back home. So do you think modern technology does the show a service of making this believable when the first one was so 80s like that, that maybe that it wasn't as believable? Modern technology allows this to be more believable from a government standpoint, from a holographic <laughs> technology standpoint. Sure, yeah. Um, basically because they're dealing with 80s technology, talking about what's essentially 2020 future technology. <laughs> Like you're, you're only so limited by what you are out here, but thanks to blue, t- like blue screen and green screen yeah. and uh, 30, 40 years of technological advancements. Do you think this yes. has legs? Do you think anybody wants this right now? Do you think this has a future? Or do you think this is just another flash of the pan reboot? This can literally go one <laughs> of two ways. Um, yeah. Either it's a success or it's a flash in the pan because the writing and the way they have stuff set up is that it can literally go either way. And I think that's what they might end up doing with this first season, assuming it doesn't get picked up yeah. uh, for like future seasons, in that there, there are certain threads that they've written into the show that correspond with the original Quantum Leap, and they're going to like do the present-day like government agency storyline for that specific purpose while also having the quantum leap back in time storyline of how do we get, like how do we solve today's day of the week or right. uh, problem of the day yeah. scenario. Okay. So it has two different, um, like an A-line, A-line and B-line story that aren't necessarily um, gonna connect in any way, but there are at some points I can see where they do but also where if one storyline seems to be more interesting than the others, they can easily swap depending on the day of the week. Of, oh, it's going to be a present day storyline or it's going to be a past storyline. It's, this is literally a diverse show. It can go one of two ways. I don't, I'm still flipping the point here, which way it's going to land. <laughs> well, um, we'll see. I like the cast. Um, the writing's just okay, but it's very TV writing. Yeah. But it's, it's not the best pilot out there. Um, it could probably have been done a little bit better. Uh, but then again, uh, what's the other one that came out that it said the same thing about it? Uh, Endgame, uh, also at NBC, where it had a pretty strong pilot, but didn't quite make it until the end. And even that got canceled uh, after one season. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And set up for a second season, multiple seasons. Honestly, it's still good, yeah, but you, you name something in the game and no one's going to remember though. what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's the classic NBC thing that they've always done, which is we don't know, so you better write a very ambiguous ending if <laughs> should your stories conclude. Anyway, that's all you watched this week. You had a not so surprise, Patton Oswald. Uh, I was surprised to see Patton Oswald. <laughs> You're always but, yes. Sorry. Yes, uh, Pat Oswald has a new Netflix special out. We all scream. (laughs) 
and talks about his COVID life being a 50-year-old and um, probably not working the way he used to be. Uh, it's classic Pat Oswald. I like his comedy. Um, his actually coming soon to a town near us. Uh, hey. Your improv. Uh, oh, really? Over. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, not not so uh, surprised because I, I looked it up. We should go. <laughs> Probably. We should go. Anyway. Just, surprise. Surprise. Just told him the size says surprise. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, you will if you listen to our podcast. Surprise, yeah. Pat Oswald. <laughs> no way. There's no way Pat Oswald will listen to our podcast. You know, someone out there, like, it's just Googling. Who's searching Pat Oswald to talk about Pat Oswald? And because he's right there in our bio. You always talk about Pat Oswald. <laughs> because it's always a surprise. <laughs> and that's, uh, so if you like his comedy, it's not so much on the nerd geeky side of comedy, uh, this specialist. Instead, it's more about like a uh, post-pandemic, um, more um, newly, being a newlywed again. Right. Kind of, right. Uh, kind of special. More yeah, this uh, is his- day, it's a day in the life. Special, yeah, because this a, is his uh, first special since the one after his uh, wife's passing, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, and also the first special since he first comedy special, right? Uh, since he did the uh, producing for the um, uh, in the dark for HBO special, right? Yeah, or a series, limited series. Uh, so it's more day in the life than it is nerd geeky Pat Oswald. Yeah. Um, there is one section where he starts talking to the audience, which uh, kind of didn't drive with me because it's very anti-Pat Novel, what he typically does. Yeah. But outside of that, it was pretty funny, Pat Novel. He's always a good time. Cool. Like I said, Great. he's come to town near us. Maybe we should go. Yeah, maybe we should go. Is this, uh, what is this on? Is this HBO Netflix. Max? The Netflix, Netflix special. Netflix, Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. Right, cool. Uh, that'll do it for stuff we've watched then. Uh, one last thing. Uh, Disney and Star right. Wars. Yes, we're contractually obligated to talk about the next Disney Plus Star Wars show. Yes, the next Disney Plus series from Star Wars is Andor. The first three episodes are up. And I will say, it definitely needed the three episodes in order to get going. All right. Although, it probably could have done so in two episodes. You just cut them in half and do it yeah. that way. Um, I think because they wanted to keep it around the 30, 33 minute mark that they purposely did it in three episodes. Uh-huh. Um, so that way you get your hour and a half in three chunks instead of two. Uh, but other than that, it does the thing that Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power does where it's shot like a film. Yeah. But written like a TV show. Except because Lord of the Rings sticks to an hour, you get an hour of dial TV dialogue. Yeah. Here, you're not, they're not sticking to that. You get your 33 minutes, your 35 minute episodes, and then you're out. It looks good. Um, but then again, this is also coming off of the book of Boba Fett, which I could not care for. Also coming off of Kenobi, which was better, but not, not like Mandalorian style. This is more on the level of Mandalorian. This is, I think, them finding their footing, finding the balance between the, the shows that they have put on there and saying that, okay, this is exactly what we want now. We've kind of nailed down the formula and it works. The show, it's never overstated its welcome. 
It's always moving fast. There's always something happening, and all the characters interact constantly. You're, um, and especially by the end, you're like, okay, all right, I'm on board. I want to see where this goes down. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, it's a yeah. better one of those shows. Yeah, I've um, heard that a lot of people seem to be liking it more, like more than the Mandalorian or Boba Fett. Seems like it's a little bit, especially Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, people are seem seeming to like Andor. Like I said, like Kenobi just ended a couple of months ago, or a couple of weeks ago, not months ago. So yeah, this is the next iteration of that. Nice. Well, very cool. Uh, that sounds good. Um, one additional note, um, something I'll talk about next week because it premiered today. Great British Bake Off is back uh, <laughs> on Netflix. So uh, all about all the news about soggy bottoms for you next week. And um, for those of you who watch Love is Blind, Love is Blind After the Altar, the three episodes are currently up now from season two. That's because season three is coming in October. So I'll be talking about the new crop of whoever they're able to get into these pods yeah. in a couple of weeks. Well, all right, we we'll get there That's soon. it for us here. So that means we can move over to cancellations and renewals. It's got a couple. Right, what am I no longer watching? There's a couple here uh, that you're still watching, both renewals this week. Jimmy Kimmel Live gets three more seasons on ABC. That will put it to 23, ultimately. Uh, so more Jimmy Kimmel than you could ever want. And then on FX and Hulu, Reservation Dogs, the Taika Waititi produced show, will get a third season confirmed. So uh, good news, because I hear that show is pretty good. I'm not watching. Mm -hmm. All right. I haven't watched it. Uh, so that's um, coming off of FX and just going straight to Hulu. But still being produced by FX. It's uh -huh. FX on Hulu now. All right. Well, then let's move on uh, to the last section of the show, movies. And we always start the movie section with the weekend box office or, uh, numbers. Mm -hmm. Your number one movie this week was The Woman King with a premiere of $19 million. Wow, that's actually high considering the last couple of weeks. Um, so congratulations to the woman king. Number two, Barbarian, another 6.5 million, adding to $21 million total domestic. Number three, Pearl, with a 3.1 million debut. Number four, See How They Run, with $3 million. And rounding out your top five, Bullet Train, still chugging along, 2.5 million, adding to a $96 million total. Box office news this week, though, worldwide, Jurassic Park Dominion crossed the $1 billion mark and adds to that rarefied list. Worldwide, yes. Worldwide. Um, also, note that Top Gun Maverick is out of the top five. Yeah. It's at number six now. Well, there you go. Just out of it. Just out of it. Just out of it. Yeah, really. Let's move on. So upcoming releases this week, two genre pictures for you, as they used to say in the business. Uh, first up, Bros, which is the rom-com with a gay twist that has Billy Eichner in it. And then Smile, which is your horror movie getting ahead of the horror uh, October that we're destined to have. So there you go. Those are your two Just new two releases. Films. Let's move on. We have a story about Moonlight, not that Moonlight, not the Oscar-winning film Moonlight. No, a new project with Illumination, uh, with Illumination, the uh, animation company, 
and animation that Mike Moon. Moonlight will augment Illumination, Illumination's existing slate of films and produce animated films that push beyond the family genre, which of course is where Illumination do their work. Chris Melandri, founder and CEO of Illumination, exclaimed, quote, we have an exceptionally talented group of artists, filmmakers, and producers at Illumination and believe that there's no better complement to this team than Mike and the new company we are partnering to build. He has exceptional taste, deep experience, and strong vision for films that we intend to make together. I bet you're loving all this praise for a guy named Mike. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to Mike and Moonlight making a substantial contribution to Illumination's future, end quote. Moon's career work has included such pictures and series titles as The Midnight Gospel, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, The Missiles vs. the Machines, Gravity Falls, and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Moon recently served as a producer on Netflix's upcoming Intergalactic, that's with an E, from Kenya Barris and Kid Cudi. So clearly he has dabbled in things that are not necessarily just for kids. So having a special uh, brand for uh animated movies that go beyond just the kids audience is exciting and hopefully will be good for animation as a medium. I just hope they're better than Illuminations movies. Please. Please. This does mean that we can look forward to adult animation yes. films from Moonlight. Uh, I assume that's the only reason they would bring him on because they don't obviously don't have any problems with the kids' development uh, both with the Minions franchise and the Sing franchise. Yes, that's a franchise. There's two of them now. <laughs> There's two of them now. That's how you know it's two a franchise. Now. That's how you count it as a franchise. That's what it works. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, expect adult animation, maybe adult animated series from Moonlight. Perhaps. We will see. Let's this may move. also be the way of Illumination gave some of their uh, stuff on direct Netflix rather than going through uh, Universal in the partnership. Right. Be like, oh, like we don't really go through Universal. This we'll just go through Moonlight, and Moonlight will deal directly with Netflix as a distribution partner. Yeah, or maybe someone else. Maybe, maybe they cross the, the distribution line here. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but exciting news nonetheless. I like when the animation uh, is willing to branch out a little bit. Yep. All right, let's move on to our second story. Speaking about branching out, uh, John Hamm has decided to branch out his paycheck. The actor. <laughs> gave back 60% of his salary to help finance three extra days of filming on his indie project, Confess Fletch. Yes, if you're like, wait a minute, Fletch? You're right. This is a reboot film of the Fletch series from the 70s starring Chevy Chase. So you're not going crazy. They are making a new Fletch with John Hamm. Anyways, director Greg Matala also gave up a portion of his own salary to extend the shoot. According to Matala, the money that Miramax executive Bill Block was able to put up for the film only covered 27 days of shooting. When Matola and Ham went out to find extra funding to bring the shoot to 30 days, they were rejected by every financier. Financier? Financier. Fin financier. Fancy, fancy, fancy. Anyways, <laughs> in an interview with Greg Matola, we got it up to 30, quote, we got it up to 30 days in Boston and one day in Rome. And we said, fuck it, you're insane, we're dumb, we're going to make this movie. And then Miramax, Miramax, I guess that still exists. That can't yep. be right, right? You have Miramax up here. I thought Miramax is dead. What? There's still Miramax? There's still a Miramax. What? 
my brain that's the part that blows my mind about the story there's still some vestigial limb of miramax that still exists in the business who knew anyway uh they didn't fight us on people we wanted to cast end quote so yeah the things we learned today in the story one there's a new fletch movie two miramax still exists and three john ham and greg matola are good guys so yeah. there you go well they're betting on themselves in this movie uh, it's currently out right now in theaters. Uh, it's also on demand uh, if you want to watch it. So yeah, a um, couple of the reviews that I saw that it's actually a pretty decent story. It's got some good comedy in it. Um, it might be something worth checking out if you're looking for a offbeat comedy. Nice. Reviewing. Very, very cool. All right, cool. Well, speaking of movies, did you watch any movies this week? No. Yeah, me neither. I want to say no. Um, but uh, people have been telling me, and by people I mean Twitter has been yelling at me, that apparently I should watch the Dahmer on Netflix uh, series. Emails have been telling to. me that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I should. But it's saying you should watch this. You would like it. Well, maybe. Uh, we'll see. What about no, you? But no movies, no. Nah. Slow week over in these parts. Um, so, and it's only going to get slower over here. So, yeah. Um, no movies. So I guess that will do it then for the movie section. And that will do it for the Media Boat Podcast this week. Thank you, everyone who is listening. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the show. We will have a, hopefully, a live show again soon. I don't know about next week. I remember something's happening next week. I have something uh, in the afternoon. I think we're good in the morning. Okay, then maybe. Maybe we'll be live next week. Who can say? But in the meantime, thank you for joining us. We'll be back no matter what with some sort of show next week where we'll have all the news that's fit to print. Maybe some more playoff news in baseball. Maybe there'll be more um, TV premieres to talk about. All sorts of yeah. things. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you want to watch us in video form, what? I just remember the two other shows that I watched that came back. We'll talk about them next week. Uh, well, they're the recurring shows of 911 and Amazing Race. And yes, they're exactly what you think they they're are. What you think so they are. Okay, that's cool. why I did write Done. it down. Yes. Cool. Done. Awesome. Uh, anyway, if you want to watch the video versions of our podcast, you can watch those on YouTube. Search YouTube for our Media Boat Podcast. And you'll find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we go live. If you want to listen to us in audio form, you can do that too. Just go to um, search Media Boat Podcast on any of your podcatchers of choice. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever you listen, we're there, even on Spotify. So give us a try. In the meantime, we're also available on social media platforms like Twitter, at Media Boatcast is our Twitter handle. Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast on the search bar. You'll find the page. You can also find us by emailing us. If you have questions, comments, feedback about the show, email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. We will read your questions on the air if we get them. I'm assuming you're checking that inbox still every week. Yep. Because I sure am not. So <laughs> glad one of us is. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back next week. So uh, have a good week and we'll see you guys next time. Yep, we'll be back with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. Yep. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>